Welcome to the 34th episode of 21st Century Boys. Alexa, pause music. Sorry about that. This is Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And we are going to read some comics today. Yeah! So I have, um, oh, that's the book I'm reading. That's not the right thing. Let's grab a book that's a comic. Sometimes we read things that have words. Well, I guess comics have words. Um, so, last time we did Roachmill number two. Today we're going to be doing Roachmill, I guess, three. Who knows? I, I mean, we're just guessing. This is from the Roachmill book one framed, created by Rich Hedden and Tom McQueenie, uh, publisher Mike Richardson. This is a... We talked about this last time. It's not even like a real trade. It's basically got like a comic cover. And, like, not quite newsprint, almost like Baxter paper inside, but it was five ninety five, way back in the day of 1988, which is funny, because, like, they have a bio in the back. It says, Rich Hedden and Tom McQueenie, this is what it says, born Siamese twins to different parents. I don't think that's real. They were part of the TV generation raised on liberal doses of Barnaby Jones, Quincy, and the Dukes of Hazard. Is the Dukes of Hazard that old? I guess. In 1988, though? That could, surely couldn't have been. Alexa, when did Dukes of Hazard run on television? Here are a few movies playing near Davenport. Alexa, stop. Alexa, that's not even remotely right. Thanks for playing. Okay, so anyway. I don't know that one. Yeah, you sure didn't. So we're going to be doing... 1979. 1979? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it's possible that they were raised on it. That's weird. I didn't realize it was quite that old. So we think we're doing part three. Because it says next framed part three. So we're going to assume this is the third issue. Either way, it's from the Roach Mill, kind of a trade, book one framed. So we're doing order in the court. So there's this judge, and it's kind of like a monster-looking fella. And uh, he's got a big, gross tongue, and he's breaking his gavel, and he says, order in the court. I will not tolerate such behavior in my court. Get him out! And um, Roachmill says, you... I'm not allowed to say that word because of your mom. Oh, yeah. I'm innocent. I'm being framed. Part three by Tom McQueenie. That's kind of funny that he said that. Um, so it has him dragging him out of the courtroom. There's this kind of scumbaggy dude who I believe was the prosecutor... And, oh, no, he's the police commissioner. So it says, Commissioner Hingle, what is your reaction to the today's events in the trial? Whoa, one second. Is there a connection between Captain Briggs' suicide and this trial? All I can say as of this moment is that I have total faith in our legal system to see that justice is served as always. And somebody throws a beer at the television that's showing that in the bar. I forgot what that dude's name was, but it was the guy who was like buddy-buddy with uh, Roach Mill in the last issue. Um, so he's talking to some cops. Oh, but yeah, Boyle. He says, uh, it's no good, uh, it's your no good bosses that should be on trial, O'Malley. That's the cop he's talking to. You're just mad because your exterminator pile finally got caught with his shorts down. <laughs> yeah, you boys in blue made sure of that. Watch it, Boyle. Keep talking like that and you might lose more than my patronage. Ain't it time to go on patrol yet? Ha ha, almost forgot. Here's something the boys downtown said to give you a subpoena. And so then it shows him at the court. He's in like a checkered jacket. It's kind of like ska looking. Anyway. 
Now, Mr. Boyle, do you know anyone by the name of Roachmill? Yeah, sure, that's him right over there. And the defense attorney looks like, um, kind of like a mouse meets an elephant meets a person? Would you say that? Yeah. How long have you been an acquaintance? Huh? Uh-huh. His friend. Oh, geez, a long time. We served together back in the L.A. riot in 2979. So Roachmill has always been a man of violent ways. Roach was the most decorated man in our unit. You mean he was the best at killing. A talent tailor-made for the extermination field. So in case you forgot, he is an exterminator. Roachmill is. Roach is the best in town. So good that he oversteps his limits by exterminating without a permit. Wait, I never... Which, ladies and gentlemen, happened on June 6, 2989. So, the guy screams out, What a load of bull, Mr. Boyle. You must refrain from such outbursts. Refrain nothing. I'm sick of this. Do you deny that Roachmill served a prison sentence at Rikers Island? No, but what's that? Do you not deny that in the time a bitter feud developed between Bruno Dent and Roachmill? No, but what's that? So upon Dent's parole, Roachmill decided to settle their grievances once and for all. I, 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 I. Blew it. And we're back in the bar. Hey, cheer up. Just look at the bright side. What's that, O'Malley? I'm gonna get rich. And so the two, like, wannabe exterminators are taking bets on whether he's going to be found innocent or not. So they've taken a ton of money, and they're like, well, we can't cover it if he actually is found innocent. Phone rings. He says, yeah, Muzzy here. Gulp, how much? Five G's on innocent. N -n no, Muzzy, we don't have enough to c c cover that. Sure, pal, no sweat. And what's your name? Ooh, Fred. And so it turns out Roachmill is the one who placed the bet. So, back to the commissioner. Good evening, gentlemen. Please report. Roachmill's lawyers won't make any waves. Flowers were sent to Mrs. Briggs. The tape of the Briggs' confession has been misplaced. 28% of... 28% in favor of police over exterminators. Also, the polls have increased. Roachmill's office has been firebombed, destroying any possible records of his evidence. So that's basically like what the, the, the prosecution was saying to the commissioner. So, next day at court. So, as you lie in your beds tonight, coming in tomorrow, just think, is he guilty or innocent? I think you'll find the answers just by looking at him. And Roach pulls down his sunglasses, and once again, we see the kind of gross insectoid eye. And so, then in the next page, it's really cool panels. It's each of the members of the jury, because there's like 12 members on the jury. So, uh, it shows the first jury member, then Roach, first, the next jury member, da-da-da, each one. And it shows him, like, staring at him real hard. Back in jail, we got Boyle with Roach. I mean, you, I understand you wanting to break out, but this business of wanting to return is... You're nuts! I'm tired of running. I've worked too hard for what I've got. It'll be tough enough getting you out, let alone getting you back in. Does O'Malley still come in for a nightly drink? I get you. I'll just slip him something a little extra on the house. Heh <laughs> heh. And we got Roach sitting in his jail cell, pitch dark, and slowly the light comes in. I really like how this comic in general uses lights and shadows. They did that really good any time they show him like breaking into like basically exterminate somebody. That sounds really violent. I don't like that. Um, so he throws him an outfit and they're busting out and they break out of jail. So he goes to each one of the jurors' house. So in a series of uh, once again 12 panels and each person's a different jury. And uh, this is just going to be Roach talking, and each time it's him talking to a different person, but it's all put together. hope that makes sense. About to read. Wake up, listen to me, as you lie in your bed. 
Before coming in tomorrow to decide, I want you to think not about innocence or guilt. That doesn't matter. What does is that, as you can obviously see, no jail can hold me. So keep that in mind next time. I may not be so polite. Pleasant dreams. So the jury uh, is giving the verdict to the judge. Yes, Your Honor, we have reached a verdict. We find the defendant innocent. And uh, Muzzy's really pissed off. Okay, that's everything. Let's scram before Fred shows up. Hold it. We can't leave that way. We can't. We'll be sitting ducks. The back's the best way. But we could fall in it. Trust me. Crash. See, I told you we'd make it. Gulp. It's Fred. We'll pay up honest. I know. You'll work it off for me. Oh, wow. We're going to be exterminators. And that wasn't quite what he has in mind. He has them cleaning up his office. Roach mail pest control. Hey, Roach, you're missing all the excitement. You don't understand. It's only just begun. Round one to you, bug eye. And so basically, he's got his office back. He's back in business. And happily ever after to go on exterminating people. And that was what we believe, Roach Mill number three. Just real quick, uh, the very last issue is really weird. It's only in landscape. It starts with uh, kind of a television ad for Roach Mill. Then it goes into a news reporter. It's like, I think you said last time, it's super spawn. Yeah. It's basically just this talking head going through and talking about the history of exterminators, talking about Roach Mill, and just something I'm not going to cover in depth in the show. Um, but yeah, if you run across this trade, uh, it's it was pretty cheap. I don't think I even paid $10 for it. And I know that's a markup over the original price, but it was 1988. Um I really liked it. It's a cool story. Uh, they're also reissuing these through It's Alive Press. So Roach Mill is, uh, I guess, the thumb up for me. I really enjoyed what I read. So, all right, what you got, buddy? Okay. I got Classic X-Men Volume 17. Let me start off. It's got Wolverine on the cover. Yeah, Wolverine on the cover. It's like him. And just some underpants. Just some underpants. And got like posters for the other X-Men. Like right. Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Phoenix. So you get on it, and it talks about, like, Beast's origin. Like, my name is Hank McCoy, and I used to be in the X-Men. But then the experiment went wrong and turned me into the Beast, like my name, Beast. So I joined the Avengers, because screw them. Yeah, that's pretty weird. And then he goes in this, like, plane thing mm -hmm. and flies to New York. Is it like a Quinjet? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's like an Avengers mm -hmm. thing. So he checks it out. Yeah, he falls in Texas. And he sees, and it has him, like, shocked. Like, I don't believe this at all. And the subtitle of this volume is A Mind Games. So yeah, at the start, and we got this, like, salesman. I don't know what they're called. So this is like a carnival barker. Um, so they used to have, in the old days, these things called, for, like, freak shows. Yeah. And they would have, like, I know this isn't polite anymore, but they would have, like, the bearded lady, and they would have, like, a guy with no arms or something. They don't do this kind of stuff anymore for the most part. And they'd have a strong guy. So, basically, it's like the X-Men. They're showing him off in, like, a freak show. Yeah, so he has this freak show, and he's like, off a measly $5, you can see all these weird creatures. We got demons. <laughs> and he's just like, whoa, Banshee. Wait, Banshee, is that supposed to be Banshee? Uh, it does look like Banshee, because, yeah. Yeah, it does look like Banshee, but they talk about, like, 
what goes on later on, and they don't mention Banshee, like, at all. So maybe they just, like, <coughs> forgot about him. Could be. Or something. Yeah. But, yeah. From the pictures I've seen, they could be the new X-Men. So I assume this is, yeah, after he left. Yeah, so this is after played. Beast left. Uh, so this is going to be... Gosh, he left, I think, even before um, before the big classic... Uh, cr- cr- is it Krakata- I can't even say it. Krakoa? Yeah. The big Krakoa issue. So, like, yeah. So, yeah, so he's looking around, and he sees yeah, Wolverine chained up, and Nightcrawler, he's, like, just scaring kids. He looks fine. And then Storm... I know, like, he basically is the same color as Beast. Yeah. And Storm's, like, just in this weird outfit. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like, sexism stuff. Yeah. Anyways, we get over to Beast, and it's like, what do I have to approve? I still don't have anything concrete, because... He doesn't even know most of these people. He just, like, I kind of recognize him. Mm-hmm. So he goes over, and he gets some mail. He's in his house, and he flies back to this carnival. They got this clown looking around. Uh, who's on? I don't even know what's going on there. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know what that thing is. But yeah, we got uh, Jean Grey doing... It's like sort. acrobats. Yeah, acrobatics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she missed... But she starts floating, and she's named Ms. Destiny. Weird. Weird, yeah. She's the only one renamed. Everybody else has the same superhero name. Funny. But Beast looks over, and is like, hey, Ms. Destiny. And she's like, I love fans. <laughs> and then Scott Summer comes out. He's the only one who's, like, not working for him. I guess he's just, like, so cool. And he's like, wait a minute, who are you? Because Beast is, like, calling them by the actual names. Right. And they've been, like, mind-controlled. And they say Beast. He's like, oh, my God, he's a monster. So they get one. So they hadn't seen him since he got fur? Uh, well, they're mind-controlled, so I assume Oh, they just don't remember. Got it. Yeah. I don't know if we know that at this point, but... Right. Yeah, so we got a bunch of, like, the performers going up, like, what is that thing? Who cares, Bruno? He's a snooper. I love that he's in the classic Marvel like the disguise, like yeah. the thing where it's like the the jacket and trench, uh, the trench coat and the hat. Yeah. Yeah. So Beast gets out of his outfit. He starts like clawing him up, and then he runs away. And this kid, oh, the clown goes like, "Oh well, he jumps higher than the Hulk." <laughs> not quite. But I'm not <laughs> I don't complaining. Think so. That's and then funny. this little kid goes, "Oh my goodness, look, it's a big monkey." And it'd be like, thanks, kid. My ego needed that. Don't you people the... know a superhero? Like Even he though knocked like, him out. For everybody else, it just looks like he's beating up performers, which is kind of messed up. Yeah. So, yeah, he's running over, and he gets punched in the face by Colossus. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, like, oh, the Riskies found him. That talking teddy bears in the freak show tent. And then they got everybody, they're so pissed off about one of the, I don't know why they wouldn't assume it's just a performer. Right. But yeah, they're so I would have assumed off. he was, just part they of the freak got, show. They got like a bunch of sticks, and they're like trying to beat him up. Man. And Wolverine's like, no. And then we see, oh, it's Mesmero. He's in uh, the Mesmero's got a weird head. He almost looks like what he should be in the Serpent Squad. Yeah, Cobra Commander looking, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's He like, does. Oh, I will now enthrall you. And his eyes begin to glow in the darkness of his caravan. 
and Hank McCoy feels the universe slipping out of him. Wolverines. That's a good panel. He's getting out. He got like his chains falling off. It looks really That's nice. And then Beast, I guess he hides now. Mm -hmm. So then Wolverines, he's getting one of the guys. He's like, I need some answers or I'm going to claw you up. And then I guess he just gets out of the mind control because he's so cool. Berserker rage, man. Yeah, so then he gets to Jean Grey, and he just starts beating her up. Dang, eventually he she... does. That is inappropriate. And then she turns into Phoenix because of how pissed off she gets. Well, if you were getting hit by a hand that was like weighted with adamantium, it'd be like hitting somebody in the face with a, a hammer. So, yeah. yeah. And then she apologizes for smacking him. I wouldn't. Wolverine I'd have knocked smacking. the fool out of him. I mean, I guess it worked, but still, still. I don't know if that's the right way. That's what I'm saying. You shouldn't so, apologize for that. He got, yeah. Oh, Cobra Commander's got the crazy he's eyes. Got crazy eyes. He's like laser eyeing yeah. Beast to change his mind. Mm-hmm. But Beast is so cool. He is cool. And then all of the X Men, we can see that Wolverine and Phoenix helped them all go back to normal. And they're just beating up all the other performers. Dang. To get to Mesmero. And they do, and they just. <laughs> he just gets kicked. But then we see that Magneto behind the scenes to Oh, that's a good time. panel of him, too. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that Mesmero was a punk. Yep, he couldn't do nothing. Dang. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, um. Alright, well, that's what we got for this week. Is there anything you want to talk about? Uh, I'm not sure. So you're basically like. I know, I just. Uh, had finished reading the Essential X-Men Volume 1. So I actually read that story pretty recently. Um, I had forgotten a couple of the weird spots in there, though. Uh, So it's interesting. This is a point where they are introducing them, I guess, kind of more to the rest of the Marvel Universe because somebody like Beast, who had been an X-Men, like Bobby or uh, Warren hasn't actually met any of the, the new X-Men yet, because I think the only ones in the X-Men at that point were Havoc, Polaris, uh, Scott, and probably Gene, and that was it. So it's kind of cool that it is bringing in the old school guys into the uh, equation. And um, this is like from the reprint series, so it's, it's number 17 of classic X-Men. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I always get so annoyed with that. Like, it'll say, X-Men Classic, Marvel, Classic X-Men. What the heck does that even mean? I don't get when they do that. Uh, But then, um, I finished number one, and then I was trying to catch up with where I was at in the essentials. And for years, all I had was, like, two through four. So I've read those years ago. So I finally got number one pretty recently. So I'm reading that. And then I'm kind of skipping around. So I'm reading volume five of Essential X-Men, and that's the one you happen to pick up, right? Yeah, I'm about halfway through it, and it's very confusing because there's a lot of alternate universe stuff right? that hasn't really been explained, and you're just supposed to find it out. Right. But it also kind of works off of stuff I probably am supposed to know that I don't know because I haven't read some of the previous ones. Right. But yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far. That's cool. I like the... The, uh, what was it? Who was doing it then? Was it Paul Smith or was it John Romita? I think it's Paul. Yeah, I always like Paul Smith a lot. 
So, anyway, maybe we'll do some more X-Men next time we're in. I honestly have no idea what I'm going to be covering next because I wanted to get the Roach Mill finished off. And uh, we've done all three of the issues that I wanted to cover. So, anyway, thanks for listening in, uh, 21st Century Boys. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter and on Blue Sky now. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the heck uh, your Blue Sky is called. Is it uh, 4 for 4? Yeah, 4 for 4. 4 for 4 on Blue Sky. I'm I was Joe if you're on Blue Sky. Uh, we have not moved the podcast over there yet because I'm not sure how you do that other than if you like get an invite and then make a, another account for it. Yeah. I don't know. So if you want to reach us on Blue Sky, that's where we're at. Twitter, it's still 21st Century Boys, 2-1-S-T-C-E-M-B-O-Y-S. Uh, I was Joe and... And underscore garlic. Yeah, so if you want to hit us up, you can reach us out on either one of those platforms. Thanks for listening. We'll talk at you later. Bye-bye.